0: As I always am on the show today, um, we have a very awesome guest. She actually was a co-host for a little while on the old version of New York HR. Uh, welcome, yep. Latoya Lynn.
1: Hi, everyone. Hey, Anthony. How you doing?
0: I'm, I'm good. It is a, a crappy morning here in New York. Uh, nothing <laughs> worse a than New dooly. York it's in the do- rain. Yeah, it's a little dewy out pretty here. Pretty Pretty awful. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing worse New York, well actually there is something worse Summer in the subways in New York But we're not calling not absolutely we're, worse Miami, <laughs> <mean, laughs> <Exactly>. the worst <laughs> Well, I'm, I am Thank you for, for jumping on the show I know we had some A little bit of technical difficulty as, as with every pre-show But glad to get you on board here I am excited yeah. because Um, I just love your energy. I love what you bring to the table. But let's first, LaToya, tell tell everyone a little bit about you for those that don't know who you are. And then we're going to get right into calling bullshit on what I call diversity theater.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, um, I'm happy to be, you know, on the show, and, and I and a little bit about myself. I am from New York. I'm a New Yorker, a native New Yorker, like that Odyssey song in the '70s. A native New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> um, born and raised, and love and it. I have a yeah, I have a very deep passion and connection for human resources. I mean, I've been doing this for you know, you know, over a decade, and I just love the people connection. So, you know, with that being said, I, I went down this whole road of like understanding that, and then working at kind of neuroscience and working in corporations and then, you know, working with different people to really get into this place where I'm at right now, and I, I'm having a lot of fun.
0: Awesome, awesome, and we'll get into a little bit at the end what you're doing now and how folks can reach out to you, but today is an interesting topic. I mean, as always, our yeah. topics are really interested, and, and we're, we are you know, as you know, the new reboot of the show is calling bullshit on things, but really not in the negative sense of like we want to of call course. bullshit, but really how to think differently in human resources because the status quo is definitely uh, is is no longer acceptable as as more companies lean on HR professionals. Um, one of the interesting things I read recently about diversity, there was a report on NBC News, and I'll forward it to you, Latoya, but. Um, yeah. There was a report that showed the amount of women, African-American and Latina women, that had P&L responsibility within companies, and the number, and and, and hold on to your seat, the number in 2018 was 1%. 1% about right. actually had P&L responsibility, African-American and, and Latina women. 2019, you want to know what the number, the percentage was in, in this year?
1: What? 1%. Wow. 1%. Not moving.
0: It's
1: not moving. Zero progress. Zero. Yeah.
0: And it's zero progress on a low number. So what the hell is going on? What is, you know, there are a ton of budgets, a ton of people being hired, a ton of conversations happening with diversity and inclusion, but nothing is moving. What What's going on? <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I mean, this is a really, those are really good data points. And, I, you know, and obviously a person of color, you know, myself working in corporate America, you know, I definitely can understand those challenges. I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, there's diversity and then there's inclusion. And and then that's important, right? So you need a variety of people with a variety of different backgrounds. So when you when you look at it, when you, you know, walk through a conference room, there's different people making decisions on things, right? And then there's inclusion. It's like, okay, are they included in the conversations? Are they saying all the things that they need to be saying? Do they have an opportunity to kind of, like, say something and whatever decision is being made as you kind of look through the conference window door? And then lastly, and what a lot of people are not considering, is a concept of belonging, Right. Do these people of color, you know, feel like they belong in these organizations? Do they feel like they belong here and they can be their true authentic selves and make these decisions? Because the way some people do business is very different than others. Taking in cultural differences, we also need to take in, you know, people with different backgrounds. And I feel like organizations are not really connecting to the concept of belonging as much as they need to.
0: So why, why do you think that exists? So, again, I, I sit here on every episode and I talk about how smart HR people are, how smart companies are. Why, why do you think this is not happening? Why aren't folks focusing on, the, on these right pieces?
1: For me, I think the biggest thing is that they look at it as an HR problem, and, 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 and you know, and they also see it, you know, corporations can also kind of view it and, and you know, impacts. Companies I've worked in, they just see it as a nice to have, right? Like it's good to have a person of color, and then when they do have that person of color, they parade them around. <laughs> like, look at all my inclusion! I have this one person here, you know. So, so I, I think the biggest mm-hmm. issue is that you know people that are are, are not keen to, to driving diversity and inclusion within their own organization top down you know, will not make, they, they won't, they don't make room for other people to come in because that's just how they operate. And I think where I can call bullshit, it's like it is a human problem, not a work problem. And, you know, and just to be real, you know, like people, you know, white men over 40 Please. sometimes are very challenged with power right? <laughs> and yeah. they want to be in control. And, you know, when someone comes up to them that has a better idea or a better concept or can probably do something better, they do everything in their power to systematically keep them in a particular box and, and have them do one particular task that doesn't get in the way of them being the one in control and having power. So, so going back
0: to your first point, and I love the thought here because I think um, it's pervasive in human resources. I, I, You know, this idea of checking a box, <clears throat> whether you think about, you know, performance reviews or recruiting or whatever, it seems to be a common problem within the human resource profession, this idea of checking a box, right? So how yeah. do people become – you know, how can they avoid just checking the box? What are the, some of the things that you would suggest to folks? And, again, on the show we like to be sort of we're going to call bullshit on something, and then here's how right. to think differently about that topic. What, what should people be thinking about uh, uh, around the idea of, of hiring, you know, uh, an increase in, in African-American males, females, um, uh, Latinx, that Latinx, kind of thing? What, yeah. What's your suggestion
1: um, yeah, and transgender, non-binary, non-gender conforming people, like everything up above. I, I mean, here's, okay, so he, I have, where I've, been, where I've been successful in getting the attention of leaders to really consider diversity and inclusion is through business outcomes, right? How is this going to help them, you know, make more money, learn something, drive revenue, something like that? Like, that's how I get their attention, and then through that pathway, I can have dialogues with them about, you know, how they feel about it, right, and, and creating a safe space. So an example of that is, you know, working in technology, you know, a, a few companies way back I was working for, and, you know, the leader wanted to create a, a, a piece of technology or like a bot or something like that that really connected to um, diversity, right? Like, there's a diverse set of customers that they work with. The, the, the You know, the artificial intelligence isn't really connecting because it's been, you know, programmed by white men over the past 30 or 40 years, and it needs to kind of come into the 21st century. And with that, I was able to talk through, you know, with the CEO and the executive team and the board to understand that having people with diverse backgrounds especially folks that are um, non-conforming and, and, gen- and, and non-binary can give a perspective and write a code that no one else could write. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or a person of color can create a, a sense of, you know, connectivity that no one else will be able to do. So those are the things that I'm able to kind of drive. So any of my HR leaders that are out there, like, that is how you really push that diversity and inclusion. The biggest underlying thing, if I I may, is really, really being, like, direct. Like, we are HR professionals, and sometimes my HR colleagues, you know, we only listen to what leaders want and respond to what they need, and half of the time we don't pull the mirror up to their face. And be like, why is every single man on your board or person on your board or executive team is white, and you're a global organization? <laughs> yeah. no, you know what I, I, mean? I love it. Like now, really asking yeah. those like basic questions. <laughs> and those, <laughs> like those are hard. You know,
0: it's basic, but those are hard questions for for some of these folks. They're you know they're and they're they're not hard to ask. But they're very difficult to answer, and I think it's probably easier for HR folks to avoid them, right? And that's why, you know, typically we, we're not asking those hard questions. And by the way, that's what we do here, right? We're asking the hard questions. We're suggesting right. the hard stuff. It was if it was if change was easy, no one would, you know, no one would do it, right? Or or no one is doing it. So uh, going back to your point, you know, how do you? <clears throat> so now I'm a head of HR. And I want to talk to my senior leadership about the correlation of diversity uh, to business outcomes. How have you done that? Like in what way have you shown there's a correlation of, you know, a more diverse workforce to to better business outcomes?
1: Yeah, so I work in tech. And it's really easy to kind of, you know, and, and, you know, anytime you work in tech, and I've been working in tech industry for a while now, love the industry, very passionate about the creativity behind it. If you are trying to create something that is world-changing and you look in your product house and they're all male, for example, let's say you're trying to create a product that has, like, something for, like, shopping online, right? Most women are family, heads of households that are women shop online, but yet you have 90% of your engineers that are building this platform is, are men. <laughs> How are you driving stronger connectivity between a customer that is of a different, you know, a different gender or mindset than you are? So those are the things that I drive and try to do. I think mean, I kind of got lost in my own thoughts. But, and going back to your question, this is like, you know, those are the things that you can pinpoint to your leaders to have them understand the significance of wanting more diversity, so when
0: <clears throat> I totally agree. I mean, I think especially whether it's B2B or B2C, it's it's no different. Your your consumers are diverse in both of those sectors, um, and you should be thinking of it from a product perspective. But now you go, you know, you're the head of HR, and you're asked to hire. You know, in, in this environment, you just raised a ton of money, um, and you need to hire a whole bunch of engineers so you can get product out the door. And, you know, there is a pipeline issue, you know, particularly Mm -hmm. in tech, Um, whether it's women, whether it's um, uh, African-American or or Latinx, um, or, you know, people in general. (laughs) Exactly, yeah, just all over, especially if you're in New York or San Francisco. So now you're getting pressure to hire these folks, and you're being asked to find somebody that, you know, technically does not exist on every corner, um, what, do you, what do you do at that point? You have pressures to hire, but yet you do want to get and create a diverse engineering team.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to share some information that is going to be like groundbreaking, hopefully.
0: Love it. <laughs> Love it. Exclusive. Uh, have, like noise or a. Yeah. We'll have a band play or something.
1: Exactly. So, in like, let's just pick New York. New York is a highly competitive and employee-forward, um, you know, industry when it comes to engineers, okay? And every single company is trying to top one way or another with, like, compensation and perks and benefits and everything and all of that. If you design a diversity and inclusion space for the, the best, like people feel included, there are programs for people with specific, you know, backgrounds to be able to elevate and feel a sense of belonging, they will come. Because at the end of the day, and as an HR professional, when I do exit interviews, people walk out the door because of how they were treated and how they feel. People come into the door on what they're going to get because they want to, send, have to feel that they're coming to a place where it's also their second home, their tribe they're team, they're integrated, they're bonded, they're creating, they're connected. So those are the things that HR can really drive, and that could be a part of the promotion, part of the marketing when it comes to, you know, recruiting top engineers. Now, of course, many top engineers are making a lot of money, they have a lot of equity, and they have a lot of you know, stakes in the game when it comes to other companies. But if, if there is a place where they can be like themselves in a home, they will come.
0: So when, you, when you're thinking of this, um, and, you know, we're, we're, we're staying on here in terms of um, our recording, um, when you think about these things, so I, I love the idea of, you know, how they're treated and how they feel, or you, you talked about creating a D&I space for the best people and the best programs Give me like one example. We won't sort of uncover all your your awesomeness on the show because um, we want people to reach out to you afterwards. But what like give me a like solid example of how to create a, a an inclusion type of, of environment. Like what's the one thing you've seen work?
1: The one thing that I've seen work really well, and I'm and I'm also to of engineers is training on interpersonal communication skills culturally. Like, actually, they come to that because they, that is, like, the biggest thing, like, how to connect emotionally intelligently and also connect, like, around their peers, to understand other people's differences, the way they want to understand things in a very, pro, very programmatic state. So those types of programs work. Another one is, you know, doing other creative events for them to kind of think outside the computer. Where they're kind of Hmm. going, again, learning different cultural interests, you know, other cultural backgrounds and and interests around other people. And, like, and then creating similarities with that. Like, actually, this is my culture. I'm from here. You're from there. But we have so much in common.
0: Now, where would you find that? Where would you find training like that? This idea of interpersonal skills culturally. Where where are you (laughs) finding those things?
1: Coaches. Coaches are doing it in create in, in collaborations with with leaders and the HR department, um, you know, and, and and I mean these are like facilitated workshops, these are train to trainer workshops, you know. It's really committed leaders like coming in and like drawing in that type of attention. Awesome.
0: So what what you know going back to my 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 data when I first started this idea of you know the ownership of P and L. Um, you know, being, sitting with, with white males, um, zero increase in, in the African-American and, and Latin, uh, Latina specifically, or Latinx um, environments. What, why, like, again, where, why are we not moving there? Like, we, we're we not, we have all these diversity programs, but yet sort of the people that are running the shows in these organizations, it, it, they're, it's not moving to the top. Why, why is that happening in what are your thoughts yeah. on sort of getting getting that getting that going, moving that needle from one percent to two percent to three percent? You know, even I would, you know, I'd love it even even higher. But you know, if we're making incremental progress, it's, at least it's progress.
1: Yeah, I, I I I can understand that. I think we I think there's a focus on diversity and inclusion for the organization. And, like, developing a sense of awareness, talking about developing some of the programs I discussed earlier, I think what's missing, um, and this is something, it reminded me so much of middle school. I used to go to this school called PS 136, and it was, like, this um, high school preparation course that we used to take,
0: Uh,
1: and it prepared you not for high school in an academic way, but for a, from a social way, right? And like how to like like interact and, and the dos and don'ts and what to be aware of and not to be aware of, and you know, and, and I think something like that will that are, and, and for people of color to also be able to get some training on how to manage up and speak up on your ideas, because oftentimes we kind of sit back in a room, we listen, you know, we have like four layers. Of consciousness when it comes to actually raising a point and like, oh, if I if I raise if I feel passionate about something, are they going to say that I'm coming off as yelling? If I if I you know if I disagree with them, do they feel like I'm attacking? Right? And it's like we're we're people of color also need like safe zones to also be able to you know interact in the workplace as well. And I think that kind of training is really important.
0: I love I love that idea. I mean I I remember you and I talking a couple of uh, shows ago uh, or many, many moons ago. um, And you talked about, you know, when you're, when you were in HR, instead of, you know, this idea of asking for a seat at the table, you would sort of just kick that door down, right? Like you were like, I'm, I'm here, I'm at the table, you know, don't ask for permission. And I love that about you. Are you suggesting in the same way? Like, should, should folks, you know, obviously go through training and be supported, but what else can you need yeah. to do to to sort of getting get into these roles?
1: Yeah, I mean, knocking the door down is one way, right? But uh, and that's you know, and that's showing like I'm I'm invested, I'm proactive, I'm interested. But there there's times also where there's unconscious things that might happen where where and, and again streams of thoughts of like, am I included? Am I not included? Do they want me here? Do they not want me here? That type of you know, those feelings come up and, like, where do you go to unpack that, right? And I think creating yep. a space for that should be human resources <laughs> to kind of help, you know, that. And I also think that, you know, another thought just came into my head. Diversity and inclusion is not really trained very well at the HR level. What they typically tend to do is they hire, like, either an external consultant to come in and do diversity and inclusion training and it just overstep the HR leader Or, you know, they have a diverse inclusion department, but, like, the HR team is the one that's really infused in the organization and the business. And, you know, they also need training to be able to say, like, we are also a place to help unpack that. So, So there's some opportunities there to try to help move that needle forward.
0: That, that's a great point. I mean, I think that is an aha moment, you know, thinking about, because you, you assume that, you know, HR's motivations are always pure in the, in the sense of diversity and inclusion, but you're right, they haven't been, but but they haven't been trained on it at all. And so that, to me, is a really interesting insight um, in terms of suggesting how people can better do this idea of diversity inclusion. I also feel like, and and someone had mentioned mentioned this to me in in another conversation, the idea of having diversity within the HR team itself, right? So it's Mm -hmm. not just um you know white males or white females there's you know you have that cultural diversity across the team whether it's in recruiting and hr training development wherever so you're getting those perspectives because again if you think about how we're transforming the hr function into more of an experience for employees why not have those different perspectives like i could not ever empathize with someone that you know, a, a, an African American woman, but I can um, I can understand, I can try to understand, right. but there's no way I can understand. You know, I can empathize from that perspective because I just it's just impossible. It's not so to be able to get that kind of input is absolutely absolutely critical. So one thing you talked about in, in your email to me is this idea of you know where where the main reason why. And, and, you know, this diversity and inclusion that's happening is kind of like diversity theater, like you and I talked about, this idea of checking the box. One of the reasons you talked about is because we're avoiding the root cause of these systematic issues around people that are different. Talk to me a little bit about what, what did you mean by that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think that there are social schemas, you know, and I think that we definitely put things. We we tend to connect with what's familiar to us, as, and and that's how we are. As just specimens, as animals, um, you know, and and but it plays out racially um, because you know you build trust and rapport with people that look like you or you've known to be a figure that is. So you know when. When you, and, and, and to give an example of that, like white men are the ones that are seen as leaders and heroes and, and drivers and People with reasoning and all that kind of stuff, as opposed to people of color, are not. You know, they're seen as lazy and you know, competitive, and and, and that kind of swirls, you know, into how it's how it plays out in the workplace, right? And, and the more we see like outside in our everyday environment of just like people of color like winning at life and like pushing through and forging ahead, the more we can also do that. So there's also like an environmental effect to that. And I actually wanted to quickly say something um, before I forget. You, you were we were. Talking about, you know, HR being involved, and 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 you know, let's say for example, someone, you know, cannot, you know, you know, you can relate to someone, but you can't really talk to them. I actually had an incident. I remember early in my career where there was a woman of color. She's a Latinx woman, and she she was dealing with some microaggressions, and we were talking through it. Like she complained to her manager, and she's had some microaggressions, and for whatever reason, she could not say, she couldn't, she, had, she didn't have the ability to formulate what it was. Like, I feel weird, but I don't know why. And then, like, after five minutes of unpacking it, I was able to help her identify what the issue was. And she literally started crying. She was like, I had no idea, but that is exactly how I felt. Right? Hmm. So having that type of person of, of color in the organization is helpful. On the other end, as a person of color, and every single organ every single job I've had in my entire life, hands down, I have always been somewhat of a single point of accountability for people of color in the company that I work for. It doesn't matter what department or what function or whatever they're doing, black people always come to me. Black people always come to me. No matter what.
0: Yeah. And what do you think? Why do you think that? I mean, there's the obvious piece of that, but the why ob- yeah. why do you think like, did it, did it have to do with your personality, or is it just they felt safe knowing that here's a person that looks like me that, come, you mm-hmm. know, p- potentially comes from the same background as I do? Like, did they feel more understand comfortable me. in
1: that situation? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I am very friendly <laughs> as a part of the job. I know. That's why be, I am. Yeah, I'm always trying to debunk the whole concept of HR not being appro- approachable. Like, I am the most approachable person um, because that's, that helps me do my job, do my best work. Um, but also people, to, to what you just suggested, yes, people feel like they can talk to me. They feel like I will understand them better. Um, they feel like they have more of a, you know, they can be authentic selves. And their managers, who happen to not be people of color, I'm able to give them advice on how to work with them. And, like, what questions how to has, ask and where to be sensitive.
0: How has, has that been? So providing your feedback to these managers, how, how has that been received in, in organizations? And, and do you have any special uh, suggestions for folks that, that yeah. want to bring these up with, with leaders?
1: Yeah, well, first, it's been actually very well received. I have never had a situation where I have had to have a conversation like this with a manager because it's also creating a safe space for them to understand what they don't know. Because although we, and and, and I'm going to, you know, I don't know if anyone else is saying this, but yes, there is challenges with diversity, but there is an appetite to change. White men want to be different. The ones that I've, I've encountered at least. You know, they are the they want to kind of know something different. They they there there is something there and it could be buried a little bit into the white guilt or whatever the case may be. I don't know, I'm not their therapist, but any time that I, I speak to anyone and to have this conversation, it's always received in a way of like sincerely seeking, <laughs> which has been great. Yeah. Yeah. And what I mean, was your other question? I'm uh, sorry, I missed the other point. <laughs>
0: No, no, no. It was, it was really just getting around, like, how to have these conversations with these managers. Like, is there a specific technique that you have? But it sounds like, you know, um, there are a lot of folks in your experience that were looking to get this advice. They were kind of humbled by it. Um, you know, and, and, and speaking for myself, obviously, you know, 40, I'm a 46-year-old white man. Um, for me, it's about just really caring about other people and wanting other people yeah. to succeed. Like, to me, that's the, like, everything, and, and, and I, I like to over oversimplify stuff, and you know that, but to me, it's like, if yeah. you give a shit about people and you care about them, it doesn't matter who they are, where they're from, you want to see them succeed, right? There's nothing more satisfying than coaching somebody and seeing them succeed, and especially if there is these, unconscious biases that are out there these sort of blockers that continue to exist and so when you see somebody that that succeeds in a diverse population, um, and sort of bucks the trend, and you know, is an entrepreneur that has a great exit, or a head of HR, or wh- whomever, or you know, the one percent of the folks that are owning P and L responsibilities in this report, you you celebrate that, right? You celebrate those opportunities, and you kind of get excited. So for me, it's like you know, to me, it just comes down to caring about people. To me, you know, and and listen, I'm sure no. there's neuroscience around all this stuff, and the training and development. I, I think if you could layer on all the training and development you want, if people don't care. It doesn't matter. Like they're not going to. Right. Right.
1: Right. Right. Absolutely. So, right. Um,
0: so what any other, you know, we're getting close to sort of the 30 minute mark um, of the show. Uh, is there anything else that we didn't cover? Cause I know this, this is a what? you know, we can do this for two hours and have this discussion, but, you know, again, we're, we're seeing all these results that are, are, are disappointing, right? This report uh, showing PL responsibility stagnant, staying the same at, at a very low number of 1%. Uh, a lot of companies are talking about their panel discussions left and right. We're not moving the needle. Um, one thing that you could suggest to to the audience to say you know what this absolutely will move the needle for you what what would that be and I know we went over a bunch of stuff but sort of a parting uh, thought or, or suggestion because um, we call it bullshit like right now what we're seeing in the market is bullshit it's not it's not having any impact whatsoever so what can we do to have impact what's the one or two things that that you suggest we do start doing differently that will have an impact.
1: If you want to create an organization that moves fast, diversity is key. If you, and the second thing is, if you want to focus on creating and generating more ideas and fresh new perspectives that have been untouched, because the fact that there's only 1% of people that of color have touched the p and is that there is information and ideas and concepts that has not been touched. So access to and resources we, and new and new ideas.
0: I, I love that. So when you think about the new dynamic of business, right? The new, the idea of human intelligence and what's needed in organizations to succeed these days. The idea, you know, creativity, the, the EQ, the ability to come up with new ideas. So why wouldn't you want untap- this knowledge that's out there that has not been tapped before, like you said, uh, I think that's really, really, really powerful. So Latoya, where, you know, what are you doing today? How can folks reach out to you if they want to talk a little bit more about your ideas around diversity inclusion, or just yeah. in, in your 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 HR knowledge in general? Because you come from some <laughs> awesome experiences in your in your background. Where can people reach you? What are you doing these days? Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I, I work so I work for Compass. I'm an HR leader there, and I'm I'm loving it. Um, and I but people can reach me via LinkedIn. That is the best way to find me. Um, LinkedIn. So Latoya Lynn. Um, I'm there on LinkedIn, the best way to find me, um, my access is open, you can send me messages easily, I'm al- I always engage, if you're local and you want to have a coffee, I'm, I'm down, um, I am pretty much, this is my mission, you know, I have dedicated my career towards, you know, moving in this direction and getting this perspective, and I'm still learning, and I would love to learn from also everyone else that's doing great things as well, It's not only me, other people in the world are also doing amazing things, so please share with me as well.
0: Awesome. And by the way, to the audience, when Latoya says that she will have a coffee, she is not bullshitting you whatsoever. She is awesome. <laughs> she is very open to having coffee, being on shows and sort of just really sharing her knowledge and experiences. So Latoya, so excited to have you back on the reboot. Thanks for calling bullshit on diversity yeah. theater. Uh, and uh, good luck. Good luck at Compass. And uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. Thanks for being on the show.
1: Thank you. Take care, Anthony. Bye, audience.